Prodigy was big, I was just starting to get into punk. And that thing Keith Flint had done with his hair where he had it like the two horns. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the red and purple, like... Do you know how often I tried to imitate that as a kid? Like, I didn't know much about their music, but I, like, I was drawn to his look as a kid because I was just, like, just discovered Rancid, no effects, and I thought that was so fucking cool looking. Yeah. Yeah? No, absolutely. I don't really know Prodigy at all. Like they were... I know, like, three songs. I used to know one because it was on Big Shiny Tunes. Yeah, Big Shiny Tunes 2 had yeah i cannot remember the name of it for the life of me uh they had smack my bitch up they had firestarter and Mm -hmm. the one the song i actually know best like is that one from big shiny tunes and for some reason i can't remember the name of it breathe breathe there you go yeah i don't know i think i was a little too young when prodigy hit and they kind of scared me to be honest yeah, the video was like, kind of creepy. Like, I was... Uh, I, I'm guessing it was mid-90s or so, and I was, like, five, six years old. And I was kind of like, no, nah, that seems creepy. But I was also, like, a very easily scared kid who couldn't watch horror movies, so... Yeah. Let's see, I'm just... Seeing when Breathe came out. Uh, 97. So I was okay. 10. I was and I was seven. It's just enough of a, a difference in ages there. Yeah, so I was ten, and yeah, that was around the time I got into Rancid because I was in grade five or six when I got into Rancid because we used to listen to the Chef Aid CD from South Park. Oh, okay. <laughs> As we were playing um, street hockey. Nice. And my favorite song on that was Brad Logan by Rancid. And then I was like, I really like this song. I should find more music by these guys. And then we went to uh, Halifax for Thanksgiving. And that's when I found And Out Come the Wolves. And I seen it there on CD, and uh, like that album cover just like grabbed me immediately. Yeah, and I was hooked. Man, I had no idea that's where your your whole history with Rancid comes from. Yeah, <laughs> fucking playing street hockey with like, yeah, just playing street hockey with the kids in the neighborhood. That's amazing. <laughs> My love for punk rock comes from South Park. And and probably a little bit of vice versa there as well. A little bit, yeah. So yeah, welcome to Jedi Dropouts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because why not? That, that's that basically sums up this podcast. Jedi Dropouts, because I mean, what else? I am here with my friend and co-host, Mr. James Moss. Um, not actually here, of course, as always. Yeah. He's on the other side of. The no, interwebs. Really the other side, yeah, it's not really the other side of uh, the other side of, of the west coast of Newfoundland. I guess is the, the other side of the west coast. 
<laughs> I think the other side of the West Coast would be like St. Anthony. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because you're at the very bottom of the West Coast, and St. Anthony would be at the top. I'm like a, I'm I'm like a quarter way. Yeah. <laughs> across the West Coast. You're all the way on the other side of the southern West Coast of Newfoundland and Labrador, I guess. <laughs> that is just weirdly specific. Yeah. I haven't slept a lot. Okay, I'm I'm I'm, work, I'm going I'm I'm running on fumes here a little bit. Um, exciting news! I don't know if you are aware of this. Uh, we're gonna talk about like actual geek news later, but like exciting, relevant to us news. Did you notice there are new episodes of Jeopardy on Netflix? New episodes of Jeopardy? Fuck yeah! I hadn't noticed. Fifty new episodes, to be exact. Ooh, baby. Yeah, like like five uh, tournaments or whatever. Do they have Ken like, Jennings on it? I haven't checked out the Tournament of Champions yet. There's like a, a teacher's tournament. Uh, there's a kid's one, a teenager's one. Uh, there is a new Tournament of Champions, and I forget what the other one is. I don't like the kids' tournaments. Like I like I, old people playing because I'm like, well, if they're smarter than me, they've been around the block. Like, they've got like multiple degrees sometimes like you know like oh that of course that dude smartered me he works for nasa like pfft. yeah <laughs> but like when i watch the kids tournaments and it's just like these kids in like grade seven who know astronomically more shit than i do it's just Man. like <laughs> All right, well, I'm just going to go sit on the kitchen floor and stare at whatever's <laughs> under the sink to see if I can find something to ingest. Uh, man, okay, okay, I got to I got to tell you this one. Um, so last night we decided to check out some of this new Jeopardy. Well, yeah. It's not really new cuz you know it's a couple years old. Um, and we started one of the tournaments with the adult contestants and a couple of episodes in, there was an episode where I don't think either one of us knew a single answer the entire episode. And it was kind of like, this is hard, and I'm not having fun right now, so let's go to the kids' tournament to feel smart. And that didn't work at all. Um, because, like, I, I'm not exaggerating at all here when I say the kids go to introduce themselves, and the first one is, you know, like this fucking 10-year-old kid or whatever, and uh, it's like... Such and such enjoys the work of John Grisham novels and hopes to be a, a lawyer one day. And I'm like, John Grisham? I've never r- touched a John Grisham novel. And and then this, like, I am i don't even think she was 10 years old. Uh, she talks about her fascination with the human mind and her interest in psychology. And I'm like, you are not a kid. <laughs> you are not a child. That is not you a child You are interest. a robot. I swear to God, oh fucking! Did you child see prodigies. the? Did you see the ones with the blonde guy on it, Eddie Timanus or Timanus or however you say his last name? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, at first, I started just like rooting for the guy because I was like, "Oh man, that's really cool. He's blind. I I kind of want to see the blonde guy win." And then like. The more he was answering questions and stuff like that, and you got to see, like, his personality, and he just seemed like he was having a blast with it, I was just like, I really genuinely like this guy. 
like, right. <laughs> even if he wasn't, like, blind, and I wasn't just rooting for him because I want to see, like, the first ever blind contestant do well, like, the dude was very likable, and I was just yeah. rooting for him because I liked him, not because I wanted, I guess, uh, I guess you'd call it a bit of an underdog story. Well, yeah. But, yeah, I was rooting for the guy because he was funny and likable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did watch that. Um, it, that was one of the collections uh, that was on Netflix before, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we watched everything that was on there. Um, I should mention, uh, I briefly mentioned getting a new dog on the last episode and I realized I went into like zero detail about that um so yeah we got a new dog um I also didn't mention on the podcast at any point but last fall our uh previous dog Holly had to be put down um for reasons obviously declining health and such and it was sad and I didn't really feel like talking about it because I was depressed about it and so on but uh I'm good. We're all good here. And we decided... Actually, no, we didn't decide. We had no plans of getting a new dog until we saw this fucking English bulldog on Facebook that stole my heart so quickly that two days later I decided to use my only two days off of the week driving from St. John's to Portobas. Portobas to St. John's and back. Like, literally 20 hours of driving on my days off just because I wanted this dog immediately. Um, and yeah, uh, we now have an English Bulldog who once again is asleep on the couch during this episode. Um, I was kind of worried she was going to be a little hyperactive and make a bit of noise, but no, she's out cold. And her name, I feel like I should go into at least briefly just because, uh, her name is Bana, B-A-N-A. Named after Eric. The best person yes. to play the Hulk. <laughs> Named after Eric Bana, yes. Um, he, who certainly was a person who played the Hulk. Um, and But yeah, I, I've definitely called her Eric Bana on multiple occasions because it's funny as shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, new dog. Uh, having a lot of fun there. Hopefully it's going to be a reason for me to get out off my ass and exercise a bit because she's very, very energetic and... Needs to work that off with walks a lot. Yep. Also, yep. your dog is named Gabbana, after mm-hmm. Dolce and Gabbana. My yep. dog is named Oakley, after the sunglasses. Both of us adopted yep. our dogs already having these names. Yep. But, yeah. So, Oakley and Gabbana. Mm-hmm. Yep. Li- likely names for our pets, right? Yeah. Things that you and I would probably never touch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something I realized, like, just yesterday, if you put my dog next to your dog, it kind of looks like me and you have been turned into dogs. Like... Oh my god. Can we do that? They kind of look like, like, caricatures of us a little bit, you know what I mean? Oh my god. We need this picture. Yeah, we should do that. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we'll make that happen at some point. Yep. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so you want to want to get into the Jedi dropouts mailbag for the week? 
Let's do it. Uh, so we put out a call for more mailbag questions, of course. Um, got a lot of answers, a lot of them from one particular person. I'm, I'm going to uh, leave it to just one of their questions for this episode. Um, and I noticed that the topics of the questions I had picked out for this episode were very much in the interest of my final form co-host Mitchell Cleric so I contacted him and just you know asked him for answers as well just because I, I thought it was relevant you know it made sense uh, so the person who actually submitted five questions to our mailbag uh, which will all get answered on future episodes uh, Matt Pike of course nice. um, who who's probably written into the mailbag more times than anybody um, and this is a really good question. I, I like this one. Um, if you had to recommend one graphic novel to someone who either hasn't read one before or is looking to get into them, what would it be? A graphic novel? Yeah, he says graphic novel, but I'm thinking uh, he means graphic novel or comic like trade collection. You know what I mean? Um, any sort of like comics in book form, I would imagine, should work for this. I think, unless I'm unless I'm uh, misunderstanding, and he means specifically graphic novel, but uh... I'm gonna go with the uh, graphic novel that I loaned you a while back, and say Punk Rock Jesus. Good call. Who's that by again? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel it was the last name Murphy. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember the the writer's name now. That was a good read though. It was. It was a lot of fun. And, yeah. like, it didn't have to deal with, like, superpowers too much. And, like, you know, like, some people are kind of, like, iffy on superpowers because for some reason they think that stuff is juvenile. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like its content could grab a few more snobby people who think they're more mature we're talking to you Bill Maher <laughs> go read punk rock Jesus you fucking asshole um, yeah <laughs> um, so Mitchell uh, says uh, the Darth Vader uh, trade collection by Karen Gillen uh, which, again, was a collection of comics loaned to me recently. I still have it there on the shelf. Did you say by Karen Gillan? Karen Gillan? Okay. I I thought you were talking about, like, <laughs> the actress who plays Nebula. I was like, what? She put out Darth Vader fucking series? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? The, the names are very similar. But, but yeah, it's... Um, it's it seemed like I, I'm about halfway through it, and it's uh, set during like like it seems like it's um, it, it's I can't get my words out. It's set during the original trilogy, um, and it like like weaves in and out of events of of the original trilogy movies, and it is done really fucking well. Um, I I haven't finished it, so I can't give like a full review of that or anything. Um, and he also mentioned the Transformers miniseries All Hail Megatron. So, clearly Mitchell is just saying read something about a supervillain of some sort. 
which doesn't surprise me even a little bit. Um, <laughs> very on brand. Um, my pick is Scott Pilgrim, the Scott Pilgrim series by Brian Lee O'Malley. Because um, here, here's why. It's funny. It is full of pop culture references. It is based around a musician in a band. It has video game and comic book references all throughout it. Um, and it comes in very neat little like novel-sized books. And I feel like all of those things are reasons to bring people who aren't comic readers in. Um, I know for a fact it, it brought me in. It was one of... Like, when I got back into comics in my 20s, that was one of the things that really hooked me back in. Um, fun series. Um, plus, the movie has a bit of a following, so maybe that's another reason. It just seems like the most accessible to someone who isn't really a comic book reader to me. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, next question. This is going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to give my answer on this one first just because... I feel like I have the least amount of knowledge on this topic. Um, my friend Will Sullivan writes in, Who would you have Simpsonified and why? And to clarify, he says Simpsonified as in like a celebrity guest appearing in an episode of The Simpsons, which they have done many, many times. Um, so... I did a quick check to make sure this uh, celebrity had not appeared in The Simpsons because I don't really know the, that whole history. Um, my pick is Questlove from The Roots and from The Tonight Show with uh, Jimmy Fallon because I feel like I mean, he's just such an iconic, entertaining celebrity um, who seems like he would work in that world. And... Uh, I feel like maybe you can spin some kind of uh, story where he is like a he's Lisa's music teacher or giving her music lessons or something along those lines. There's definitely a Lisa-based episode in there. Uh, you got anything, or do you want me to give Mitchell's answer first? You to... give Mitchell's first. Okay. Uh, so Mitchell isn't. Uh, well, he's a much bigger Simpsons fan than me, but he doesn't know celebrities as well as I do um, which we've mentioned time and time again uh, so Mitchell the best he has here he says that uh, most of the celebrities he, he knows have already been in the Simpsons but maybe if the Simpsons were to do some kind of Nintendo based episode in some way you could have uh, Shigeru Miyamoto or Reggie Philam. I don't know if is that you pronounce it? Uh, Phil Am? Phil Am? I don't know. I don't know. Reggie. You know, Reggie from Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, one of those guys in there. You know. They seem like they would also work animated as Simpsons. Um, I'm going to say Jason Statham. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> A, I really like Jason Statham. Yeah. But I feel like he would be drawn a lot like a more fit, buff Homer. Yeah, he would. Like, he? with his, like, scruff he always has going on and his receding hairline and stuff like that. Yeah. So I feel like that, like, not only do I really like Jason Statham, but I feel like 
that would be a good episode of having like Homer comparing himself to Jason and like getting really jealous because like you know they're both balding guys with like the five o'clock shadow thing going on except one's overweight and out of shape and the other one is a famous star who's known for being quite built yeah I can see some uh, potential there yeah so that's my answer that's a good answer. Uh, last question for the episode. Um, Cody Bennett. He has, he's written in before. He, he writes in again. And I feel like there's a lot of ways you could interpret this question. Um, he just asks simply, word for word here, who's the best Smash Bros. character? Which, that's a hard question. I mean, are you saying character-wise, as in written character? Are you talking uh, what's the most powerful character? Who's your favorite character to play as? Like, that's, you know, there's a lot of ways you could read into that. The most broken character, I'd probably say, like, is King K. Rool. Okay. Uh, best Smash Bros. character, if we're talking favorite i'm either gonna say ike or i've been playing a lot of richter belmont lately okay um but until i get those characters unlocked for me it's always fox and donkey kong depending on like what i want like if i want to be like fast and reflecting projectiles and just annoying I'm going with Fox and okay. if I just want pure smash power I'm going with Donkey Kong nice yeah um, so I'm going to take the alternate approach to this I don't really have a lot of input in terms of powerful characters or who I like to play as because I don't really play a lot of Smash Bros um, so I'm going to go with who I think are the just the best uh, written characters and, and like the the better creations as a character, uh, and I think that's a toss up for me between Fox and Samus. Nice. Who I think are both fucking awesome characters. Who I, I'd like to see more of. Like I know uh, a Legend of Zelda uh, animated series is in the works, I believe, but I I would probably be more interested in a. Star Fox or Metroid animated series. I think there's a lot of promise there. A Metroid animated series would be killer. It would. Um, so, obviously, I had to ask Mitchell this one. This was one of the... Like, when I saw Simpsons and Smash Bros, I was like, okay, i got to get Mitchell in on this one. Yep. And I expected a long and sprawling, overly complicated answer for the Smash Bros question, and Mitchell did not disappoint at all. Uh, so, in response to uh, who's the best Smash Bros. character, he said, In the N64 Smash Bros., Link. In Smash Bros. Melee, it's Captain Falcon. In Smash Bros. Brawl, it's Sonic or Snake. In Smash Bros. for Wii U or 3DS, it's Zero Suit Samus. In Smash Bros. Ultimate, it's King K. Rule, Ridley, Richter, or Simon. And uh, as for the entire series... 
I don't know about the best, but the worst is Ness and Lucas. <laughs> Couldn't just give a straight-up answer, and I fucking expected that, and that's exactly why I asked him. Um, and I cut that down quite a bit. He he had a lot to say, as you would imagine. Um, yeah, uh, thanks, everybody, for writing in those questions. Um, fun mailbag, as always. Uh, thanks, Mitchell, for that wonderful input. And... Um, I guess we can move on to a little bit of news. Yeah. Uh, just got a couple small things that I thought were too relevant to us to not mention. Uh, first off, finally, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot is filming. Production has started. They are shooting right now. Yeah. And that's right. Back in the fucking Viewisk universe, which really hits home for us here at Jedi Dropouts. Um, if you check out on, I believe, YouTube and a couple other places online, Kevin Smith is doing some, like, uh, behind-the-scenes making of live updates and, sh- and shit, which I need to go check out immediately. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just really fucking excited for this movie. Uh, word is that it might even be released before the end of the year. I hope so. That would be amazing. That would immediately jump up into the list of movies that I am most excited for this year. And honestly, there's only another one piece of news that I feel like you probably want to talk about here. Um, The announcement of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? You're the resident uh, Pokemon fanatic here. Um, I, I got pretty excited about it um when i watched it i i was pretty excited a few of the pokemon channels i follow on youtube i watched their reviews on it too one of them wasn't too fussy about the logos he was just like they look like fan-made logos blah blah blah. but and he was like plus like they both have a wolf's head involved I was thinking to myself, but what if that means, like, both of the counterpart legendaries are wolf-themed? Oh, shit, that'd be cool. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. You could have one that's, like, way more offensive, and you could have one that's just defensive bulk. Um, The trailer looked really good. The starters look great. I'm just really hoping that score bunny doesn't evolve into another firefighting starter because we've had out of like this is gen 8 we're getting now so out of seven gens we already have three are firefighting no jesus like gens three four and five are firefighting and that's enough yeah um so score bunny is is your your favorite looking one so far there i have a tendency to go with the grass starters yeah yeah because i i find that i'm not usually a huge fan of a lot of the grass pokemon okay yeah and so i'll usually try to um go with the grass starter because 
you know, there's not a lot of great grass Pokemon, in my opinion, especially early game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you And there. a lot of the times, like, rock is a common type for, like, the first couple gyms. Mm, yeah. So you got the type advantage there, plus grass Pokemon usually get, like, Leech Seed, or they get, like, Absorb and Mega Drain and HP recovering moves early on, plus they get a lot of status inflicting moves. So early game, you either have HP recovery, or you can paralyze, or you can poison. So I like having that early on. Okay. So I usually go towards the grass Pokemon. So my first playthrough, I'm probably going to go with Grookey, the little yeah. monkey that we have there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's probably the one I'm going to go with, because that historically has been the way I've gone. Um, thinking back, the only Gen... I Gen 2, I didn't go with Grass. I went with Fire the first time I played it. Okay, yeah. And Gen 7, my first playthrough, like, that's out of Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, and Ultra Moon, I went with the Water Starter my very first playthrough. Okay, and then yeah. after that, I actually did switch to grass. I've never started a game with the fire starter for uh, Gen 7. Yeah. So, yeah, I I usually do tend to go with the grass starter. But uh, the games themselves look super cool. Um, the region is based on the UK. Uh, when they showed, like, the just map of what the entire region is going to look like. I thought it looked super fucking cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are disappointed that you don't see Pokemon running around in the overworld like you did in Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah. And I kind of understand that though because like they only had to do that for like they only had to have like the walk animations and stuff like that for 153 Pokemon for Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah. But we're up over 800 now. Yeah. That's like, a lot. Like having to do the walk animation like the battle animations is enough for 800 plus Pokemon. But to have like the walk animations for all those Pokemon like walking behind you or like popping up in the grass and stuff like that, like that's a lot. And I'm it looks like the catch mechanics are gone back to like the way they are. Which yeah. I like. Like they can do more let's go Pokemon games in the future. They could do a Gen 2 one and have, like, let's go, you know, pick two Pokemon from Gen 2. Or just yeah. one Pokemon from Gen 2. Um, and that would be cool, but the thing about let's go, it was tied in so heavily to Pokemon Go. Like, where yeah, you could transfer true. Pokemon from Go to let's go, and vice versa. And so... 
obviously the catch mechanic is going to be more similar to how it was in Pokemon Go. Yeah. So these games seemingly have no tie into the Pokemon Go world. So it makes sense that they would go back to the old catch mechanics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing I'm waiting to see is like, because in Gen Seven they had like the trials and trial captains. Okay. And stuff like that, and like Gen Seven was based on Hawaii, with the couple islands and stuff like that. Yeah. And so you would beat a couple trial captains per island. And then, like, you'd have to beat them in order to face, like, the big trainer for each island, which was called the Kahuna. Which makes sense for a Hawaii-based region. Yeah. But, like, I would hope that they're going to go back to, like, the eight gym leaders for this region. Because, well, they're not going to call it Kahunas in a UK-based region. No. So if they were to have like the trial captain uh, system for this, like a couple trial captains for this like section of the region, like I don't know what they would call the boss of those handful of trial captains, like what they would replace the kahunas with. Hmm. So I'm hoping that they just go back to the uh, eight gym leaders that you have to beat before the Elite Four. Yeah. I'd also really like to see a Dark-type gym because they've never had a Dark-type gym. There was a Dark-type Kahuna Okay. in Gen 8 because they had a either Kahuna or Trial Captain for each of the types. Like, every single type was done. But they've had couple dark type elite four members but they've never had a dark type gym leader the gym leaders supposed to act like a leader to the town like they're a role model for the kids like they you know help get new trainers set up with you know they're you know important to the town and dark types are supposed to be like malicious and stuff like that so that's part of why there's never been a dark type gym leader is because like in Japan it's not called dark type it translates to evil type oh okay yeah that makes sense yeah so I don't know I'd I'd like to see a dark type gym leader for once and I'd like to see how they pull that off because I mean like they could have it be in like a dingy like foggy area like really like as close to a Jack the Ripper type situation as you could put in a children's game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. I I'm very excited for this new game. Yeah. Well, new games. Well, yeah. I could I could talk about it for a long time. I completely believe that. <laughs> um, that's all I got for news. I just jotted down those two things. Because I thought cool. they were completely relevant. Um, Hell yeah! And now we can get into a couple of reviews. I don't know if you got anything to review. I got two little things to just mention there. Uh, I only have one thing, I believe. 
is it one of the things that I also have? That yes. TV show we were talking about recently? Okay. Yeah. Um, Which I have I have since finished. Because I had two episodes left when you and I were talking about it. Okay. Uh, before we get into that, I'm just going to uh, quickly segue um, from the video game you're very excited about to the video game that I'm still currently playing and very excited about. Um I want, I'm not going to give a full review because I haven't finished it yet, but I am a ways into God of War now, um, and it is fucking incredible. I absolutely see why this won Game of the Year. Um, I don't quite love it like I love Spider-Man. It's not quite doing that for me, but it's a really fucking good game. Um, in particular, the boss battles are so good. Um there's something I like about this game where, like, usually when I play an RPG, I always feel like I'm not, like, like, like I'm always slightly underpowered. You know what I mean? Like, when you run into a boss, you're like, oh shit, look at this guy. You know, I've got to watch myself a little bit here. Um, with God of War, it it's like, it's, you're not, it's not that you're overpowered and it's an easy game, because it is a, a difficult game, but there's this sort of confidence like when I run into a boss battle I'm like instead of thinking okay I've got to hang back a bit it's more like I am going to fuck this guy up and I know I will um, because Kratos is just so fucking awesome and uh, the weapon in this game is the Leviathan axe and it's this massive axe that you can upgrade and get different skills with and you can throw it and then there's another button to hit to just call it back to you from wherever it was. And it does damage on its way back as well. And it is one of the coolest weapons I've ever used in a game. So it's Mjolnir, basically. Yeah, it's basically Mjolnir. Which leads me into the fact that like um, all the old God of War games um, were based in different mythologies. And I did not even know that this new one is based around Norse mythology. Which I think the Mjolnir thing is definitely on purpose. Yeah. So being a lover of Norse mythology, I'm like I'm seeing all this cool shit like the World Tree and, and um, like fighting Balder and shit like this, and it's so fucking cool. And the graphics are great, and just everything about this game is so good. Uh, very cinematic game. Yeah, I'm I'm loving it, and I'll I'll give a full score on it when I finish it. I'm probably gonna go play some more when I finish recording today. Nice. And the only other thing to review is something. Now, usually on this podcast, we agree quite a bit. Yeah. On stuff, like every now and then we disagree, but for the most part, I don't know. I don't know the last time we felt so adamantly opposite on something as we currently do on the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, after letting it sit for a little bit, I'm not as... Like, my feelings have, like, changed a little bit after finishing it and sitting with it for a little bit, but there's a few points that I'm still just kind of feeling the same about. Okay, we're not. We don't have to get in, into any spoilers because it is a fairly new show. Yeah. Yeah, we we had a conversation the other day, and there was a lot of um, a lot of story points that you were not too fussed about. Yeah. 
in particular, I remember you mentioning a a character's arc being very similar to uh, a certain X-Men character's arc. Yeah. Uh, I want to throw one more thing at you that I didn't think about the other day. Um, it could be very much done on purpose as a sort of illusion, as Gerard Way, like, he's spent uh, a lot of his early 20s working in comic book shops and obsessing over comics. So it could be very much just like uh, an homage to something he's a fan of, which is possible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I, I get where you're coming from. I just saw a lot, like, even right up to the end of the season, I saw a lot of similarities in that one character to um, the comparison I made when we were talking. Yeah. Um, a few of the other characters, like, aside from that one character, I loved. And they just grew on me more and more as the season went on. Like. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I was like, okay, they're they're kind of likable. And then by the end of it, I was, like, really rooting for that particular uh, character. It was just the one character's arc that I really just couldn't get to. And, I mean, there was one other thing that kind of weirded me out. And I, I guess okay. it would kind of weird me out a bit more than it would weird other people out maybe oh i know exactly what you're getting at there yeah i think, I th- I think you do uh, yes as a certain relationship perhaps yeah 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 that that was weird um it, it was very weird and i know some people would be like yeah but i mean they're not technically related but but yeah I was adopted. Yeah. My adoptive family is my family. It doesn't matter that we do not share any blood. Like, nah. They are my family. It is the same thing to me as, you know, if we came from the same genetics. Yeah. No. Like, that... Yeah. Yeah, like, it's... I don't know. It's, um... To argue that they're not technically... It's, it's kind of a slap in the face. Yeah. In a way. Um... I think the only maybe argument is to say that, like... I don't know. If, if two kids grew up together and perhaps romantic feelings were there the entire time instead of familial feelings yeah then maybe it's not weird because there's no transition the transition is the weird part the fact that like family to lover that's weird that's that's fucking no i'm I'm out on that but um reginald it seems like from the intro of the thing like it seems like he nabbed up these kids in infancy yeah exactly so their entire lives they lived under the same roof being told they were brother and sister yeah it doesn't quite go to like game of thrones lengths but it's still fucking weird yeah yeah 
Um, maybe worse than Game of Thrones in that how how okay with it everyone seems to be in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But to kind of speaking of siblings and the comparisons we were making between Umbrella Academy and another show, my sister actually yeah. texted me and asked me if it was worth watching. Mm. And I told her, like, you know, it's definitely worth watching. It's good. Um, there's just a few things in it that seem a little, like, almost cliche. Like, you know, they seem a little too familiar. Okay. That, yeah. That's basically what I said. I told her, like... I definitely think it's worth watching. It's not a bad show at all, but there's things that definitely don't seem that original about it. And I didn't okay. compare it to anything else. And her response was, "Yeah, it it seems very X-Menish." Oh, wow. And that was the impression she got from like the trailers and everything like that. Okay. And that just, I was kind of like, I didn't even have to say X-Men. And my mm. sister just automatically went there. Yeah. Uh, I'll give a bit of my side of it now here. Um, yeah. So I've been a fan of the Umbrella Academy comics for... Yeah, see, so you're more familiar with the source material than yeah. I am, too. I, I've been a fan for almost a decade. Yeah. That long. I, I when I first got back into comics in my early twenties, I bought a, I, I I started reading the Umbrella Academy comics, and then I've owned a copy of the first volume for over five years at least. Um, and it it's not an exact adaptation at all; like they change quite a bit, but the essence is perfectly done. Um, it is just that it's just weird enough. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Gerard Way's voice comes through very strong in the characters and, and just everything about this show. Uh, and Gerard Way is someone I've been a fan of for a very long time, both his comics and his music. Um, yes, that is the same Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, if you're wondering and don't know. Um... Uh, and I do recommend other comics by him, like Doom Patrol and so on. Uh, but as much as um, you found parts of it familiar in terms of story and character, I found some of the scenes and some of the ideas they came up with like really fucking out there and very surprising. Um, pretty much everything with... Uh, Five and Klaus, especially. Like, I loved Klaus. Klaus was yeah. easily the best part of the show, right? Yeah. Uh, played by Robert Sheehan from uh, that show, what is it called? Uh, Misfits, which is a fun show, too. See, I wasn't familiar uh, with him before the show. I, I watched some Misfits, like, years ago. And the only thing that I really remember about that show was that guy was a hell of a good actor, and I'd like to see more of him. And now I did, and I hope I hope he gets more of a break now. 
because he's he's great. He's very fucking entertaining. Oh, he was the highlight of the show. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I I just I really enjoyed it um, as a fan of the comics and as a fan of like I really like when uh, I like when the superhero genre is taken and just sort of twisted in a, a strange way. Um, which I feel like this show does well. And the time travel. The time travel really made it for me because I love when when I love when time travel is played with in like interesting ways. And some of the ways that they they use time travel as a plot device here are fucking awesome. Like I don't know, I, I, I really enjoy it, especially in the latter half of the, the season. Um and yeah, just um, I'm excited for season two now because I like the way that they set up the second season. I love the way that this uh, season ended, and I believe it's already been renewed. So, yeah, yeah. As as soon as that thing happened, where mm-hmm. the skylight went out, mm-hmm. I knew exactly what was going to happen there. I was just like, yeah. But it it was a good way to set up for the second season. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of questions to be asked in in the beginning of season two now. Yeah. Um. And I feel like we can go like, uh, maybe when the second season comes out, I'll I'll dig a little more into some of the stuff that I liked about it in more of a spoiler sort of way. Yeah, I want to keep. There's, there's one thing about that last scene that I noticed. Like maybe I missed something, but um, there was something that I think is gonna be integral to season two. I think. Yeah, I, I think we may be on the same page there. Uh, we're gonna have to discuss that after because it's really hard working around the uh, spoilers here. Anyway, uh, I hope that was uh, interesting enough for you to maybe go check the show out. It's on Netflix. Everybody has Netflix or know somebody with Netflix, so you know. Um, yeah, go check it out and give us your thoughts. Maybe, maybe you enjoyed it. Maybe you didn't. Uh, maybe you're just distracted by my dog snoring as loud as fuck in the background. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so I guess it's time to get into the main part of the episode which I realized we did not discuss at all in this in the first uh, 50 plus minutes yeah we didn't we didn't set up this episode at all (laughs) so it's complete it's a complete secret you have no idea what you're gonna walk into right now so what we're doing on today's episode is ranking every season of American Idol. Woo! And, spoiler alert, I'm a big Justin Guarini fan. Um, I'm more of a Kelly Clarkson. Uh, mainstream is shit, dude. <laughs> Although, we can, we can both agree, from Justin to Kelly, is fucking top-tier shit, right? Solid movie. <laughs> Where's my boy Ruben? I'm gonna go on a tangent here. Oh God. When I was in when I was in college in Stephenville, uh, 
I lived with this guy who was a big movie, uh, like a film snob sort of thing. Um, and I started picking fun at him and joking about From Justin to Kelly being one of my favorite movies of all time. And then it became this big inside joke uh, to the point where by the end of the semester we had a VHS copy of From Justin to Kelly as well as a full-size movie poster on an honor wall. And I still own both of them to this day. <laughs> I have, like, full-size movie theater uh, movie poster of From Justin to Kelly and a VHS That's copy. That's hilarious. I got, they're stored away somewhere. I need to get those out. Oh my god, the dog is snoring so fucking loud. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She, like, like when she snores at night, she literally just shakes the house. Um, so, anyway, the, the actual uh, idea we had for today's episode. Um, lately, we've been having a lot of conversations about, like, uh, theorizing on upcoming movies and TV shows. You know, who are they going to cast? What characters are they going to use? Um, maybe what are some of the secrets that they're keeping from us? So that's the episode. We're just going to go through some stuff and theorize and fan cast and just geek the fuck out. Yep. Um, it's time to nerd out with your bird out, I guess. <laughs> nerd out with your bird out? <laughs> 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 should that be the should that be the episode title or it could be put that on a t-shirt we should put it on a t-shirt there you go with like a picture of a parakeet yep right yeah nerd it with your birdie a parakeet in in uh like a pair of nerdy glasses right yeah with the yeah, tape around go. the middle <laughs> yeah oh oh i'm glad i'm tired yeah we could get another t-shirt for sale yeah. on our yeah. new web store yeah. where you can buy Jedi yeah. Dropouts merch. Teespring.com slash Jedi Dropouts Productions. Is it Teespring? I, th- I thought it was Tee Public. Tee Public. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm tired too. Ah, we're all tired. Um, yeah, you can go get yourself a t shirt, a mug. You can get yourself. Um, there's some like really specific stuff on there. You can get wall art. Oh, what was it? I, I remember seeing something that was like overly specific, and I was like, I would be very interested if someone bought that. Um, phone case is is one. Yeah. I would be very interested in someone other than like one of us three having a, a Jedi dropouts phone case. <laughs> um, yeah, I made an order of some stuff last night. Got, I'm gonna check out some of this merch firsthand for myself uh so i think the movie we should probably start off with here um something we talked about a little bit on the last episode the upcoming batman movie yes from matt reeves and on the previous episode we posed the question of who would you like to see play batman next and we got a couple good answers back here um well we got we got three answers. Two of them are good, and one of them was from Matt Pike. <laughs> um, Matt Pike, being as topical as ever, 
wrote, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, uh, Jussie Smollett. Jussie Smollett. Guy. Yeah. 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 That's, come on, low-hanging fruit, Matt. That's, that's an easy target. <laughs> Yeah. I, I I personally thought that that comment was pretty funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, it would make for an interesting turn on the the Batman uh, origin story if his parents were, were never actually murdered in an alley. It was just a lie for retention, but, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, Reese Harrison writes in Army Hammer was in the running once upon a time I'd like to see that happen plus we already know he and Cavill have a great rapport, uh, rapport uh, from the man from Uncle uh, yeah Army Hammer is my favorite pick as I mentioned in the last episode however I don't really think we're ever going to see Henry Cavill as Superman again I think that's done Yeah, I would be very surprised to see him back in the cape um, and I got a little, uh, actually I got into a little conversation with, uh, Steve Lake on Twitter. Um, I might as well plug his stuff. Steve Lake is a podcaster as well. He co-hosts the Who Storian podcast, a Doctor Who podcast based out of, uh, St. John's. Um, they do some really good stuff over there. They've been, they've been running that thing for a while. Um, so first he answered with the ghost of Adam West, which is fucking amazing. Yep. Um, um, but after uh, having a little bit of a back and forth, he, he gave a serious answer that I love. Uh, Carl Urban. Nice. I think Carl Urban is a solid choice for Batman. Yeah. If you, if you don't know him, he played Bones in the Star Trek uh, reboots. Dread. Judge Dread. Uh, he was... One of those characters in the Lord of the Rings trilogy whose name I always fucking forget. Uh, Aomir, maybe? Something like that. They all, like, there's so many characters in those movies who have, like, very similar names, and I always fuck them up. Um, he was Scourge. Scourge, that's the other big one, yeah. So he has, like, a history of being in sci fi and fantasy movies, and he can do action scenes, and he's a very talented actor. He's kind of underrated, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, good answers. Except for you, Matt. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, we talked about our casting choices a little bit on the last episode. Um, my question to you, man, is what do you want this Batman movie to be in terms of villains, in terms of plot? Or anything like that? Like, is there anything in particular you're hoping for with the new Batman movie? Well, they talked about it being more focused on his detective work. Yes. And I think um, because of that, some of the better villains for him to be facing in this would be, like, the Riddler... That's also a villain that I have picked to be in the movie. Yeah. Someone who's not much of a physical threat, but, like, leaves a trail of breadcrumbs designed to see if Batman's a good enough detective to follow them. Okay, yeah. 
Um, Victor Zaz would be a good one. Yes. Um, I would say Catwoman, but we've had her in one of the more recent Batman movies. Yep, yep. Um, Hush would be another very good one. Hush would be cool, yeah. Hush would be great. Uh, Riddler and Zaz would be my two picks if we were going to have two in the movie. Yeah. They've, they've talked about it having a, a bit of a rogues gallery, so I think two or three is probably about right. Yeah. Um, so, my idea, my thoughts, uh, I think they should go with a movie set in Arkham Asylum. And I think it should be like a very loose adaptation of the game. Honestly. Uh, and uh, I thought of another candidate that I like as playing Batman. Um, okay. John Cho. Is in like Harold and Coomer? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Picture it. Just think, just mull it over. I think it could work. Yeah. I, I, I think it works. Um, but I also like Riddler as like a main villain and I love Zaz as a villain. I'm not sure if they would use uh, Victor Zaz uh or maybe they would. He's going to be in the, the Birds of Prey movie. They already have him casted and stuff. Um, okay. Although, in my head, I still want to see Caleb Landry Jones play him. I think... That he, would be nuts. It would be fucking good, man. I, I rewatched uh, Get Out again the other day. I bought it on Blu-ray. And that dude is just so fucking good. Like, his acting is unreal. You've seen uh, The Last Exorcism, right? Yeah, yeah. He's so good in that too. He's he's always just like absolutely captivating when he's on screen. Yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of level of acting you would want in someone playing Victor Zaz, someone who can be completely mentally unstable, uh dangerous, unpredictable, and just absolutely captivating. Yep. Um other than that, I have two other villains I would like to see in the movie, and I have my casting choices. Uh, so Riddler, I like as the main villain, and mm-hmm. I would like to see a guy named Walton Goggins play him. Uh, oh my god, yes. You, okay, you know Walton Goggins. Okay. Yep. Wouldn't he be a perfect Riddler? If you don't know him, he's he's in a lot of like Tarantino movies, and what do you know him from? Um, He played a transgender woman in Sons of Anarchy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes, he was. You're right. Yeah. Yep. There was a show he was in that I'm just blanking on the name of it. Mm. Justified? Was that him? I think so. Yeah. I think he's I think he's a spot-on Riddler. Um, yeah. And my other choice and I love this one, and I think you're gonna love this one. I think I'm just thinking about like you know, um, a variety of villains. You got the the brains. You got the you know the the Riddler as the brains sort of villain. You got Zaz as the sort of wild card. So obviously you want some muscle, perhaps. Yeah. Solomon Grundy. I think Solomon Grundy deserves a shot. Grundy would be great. And I want to see him motion-capped by Andy Serkis, because you know Andy Serkis could nail that shit. Yep. 
You know who else would be good that we haven't seen in a while? The Penguin. Yes, I would love to see the Penguin again. I, like, There's a couple specific uh, Batman villains we haven't had in a while. Penguin and Riddler and... Uh, who's the other one I'm thinking of? Mr. Freeze. That really yep. deserve new shots on screen. See, that's the thing. Um, like... We're ignoring Gotham doing these characters because Gotham's well, a show and yeah. Gotham's take on these characters is very different. Yeah, of course. And you're not going to get as big of production value on that show as you would for a Hollywood blockbuster movie. Yeah. Um, when they did Penguin in the movies, in Batman Returns, yep. Penguin was great. Yeah, he was. Danny DeVito's Penguin was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey's Riddler, say what you will about Batman Forever, but Jim Carrey was a good Riddler. He was, yeah. But Mr. Freeze was never done well. Never. So, like, if you're casting either of those three villains, like, whoever's doing Riddler or Penguin has big shoes to fill because they have to live up to the legacy that Danny DeVito and Jim Carrey left yeah. with those characters. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing Mr. Freeze, like, you almost gotta do it amazing just to redeem that character. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not gonna take much to upstage Arnold in that role. No disrespect no. to Arnold Schwarzenegger, but no. that role wasn't very good. No. Um, I don't blame Arnold for that. I blame Joel Schumacher. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but, like I said, it's not going to take much to do a better freeze. Yeah. But I, I definitely would like to see Mr. Freeze done right. Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd love to see some of these villains. And then there's yeah. there's ones that we've never got, like Clayface would be cool. Or... Clayface would be fantastic. Yeah. Especially in a detective based one where like he's basically shape shifting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or um I mean Hush or Phantasm, like some of these fan yep. favorites that would be really cool to see. Man Bat would be good too. I I I think Red Hood would be fun. But there's, like, it almost can't be in the first movie. You kind of got to build it, build up yeah. to it, right? You, you got to have a bit of a universe there. Yeah, exactly. And DC recently, I, like, I forget who said it, but someone from DC basically said recently, within the last couple weeks, that they feel confident that they have found their niche now in instead of building a universe of movies just making individual ones which again is something we said fucking years ago yep <laughs> once again we are not getting our due credit for giving the the big guys their ideas but but i agree i think that what they're doing with the standalone movies is working way better than yeah 100 percent. the whole justice league shit <laughs> yep <clears throat> yep um Anything else on Batman you wanna you wanna chat about or? We... No, I'm <clears throat> I'm good on the Bat topic. Okay, well let's move uh, across the the board here to Marvel. 
let's chat about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, it's not as hypothetical. We have, you know, we have a release date, a very soon release date. Uh, we have yep. uh, multiple trailers now. Um, so, it, like, I feel like uh, to a lot of people it seems like we know what this movie are, is already. Um, but I feel like there's more to it. I think there's m- more to be revealed. Especially, like, leaving a lot of the plot and major events behind the curtain mm. in a movie where the teased villain is an illusionist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, Mysterio could be just a huge red herring. Yeah, he could. Um, I don't I don't understand people who are upset by the trailer because they're saying that Mysterio can't be a hero he's a villain because I'm like have you ever watched a movie trailer in your life this is this is not anything this is not <laughs> he's obviously a villain <laughs> you know yeah I don't know um uh I think there's gonna be more villains in this movie than just Mysterio oh my god yes well, they had more, like, they had multiple villains in the first one. Yeah, exactly. I think they're going to do something like, similar there. They mostly teased at the Vulture. Yeah. But they also had two different Shockers. They had Tinkerer. Mm-hmm. And they hinted at Scorpion. And they also technically included the Prowler. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of... They did. There's a lot of... Uh, hinting around characters and I think they're going to do that a little bit but I think they'll do the shocker thing and I think there will be a secondary villain uh, which had a, about this recently um, I saw a little supposed leak of the story of the movie and I don't know I mean I don't know how authentic it is but I, I found authentic ones in the past I mean I was aware of uh juggernaut in deadpool 2 a year before that movie was released so who knows maybe i'm on to something here again uh, but the word that i'm hearing is the secret secondary villain in this movie is chameleon i so hope so that would be like a left field pull uh yep definitely not one of the more popular spider-man villains and i mean one we've never had on screen which is a great idea. Um, I've also heard that Alistair Smythe might be teased a little bit here, which would be cool. Um, that would be cool. I heard a leak a while ago, or a rumor, that uh, Charlie Cox's uh, Daredevil would appear in the movie, but I'm starting to think that's maybe not true. Yeah, I'm skeptical about that one. I don't, I don't know where it would fit anymore. Especially with the location and everything. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of my thoughts on Far From Home. I'm really curious to see how this is going to work. And it's really interesting that they released the trailer before Endgame and all that. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about Endgame? <laughs> 
or uh i don't know like i don't even know what to say about this like i yeah i i really don't know what i can say about endgame I f- other than yeah. i'm excited for it i fully believe that cap and iron man will die in this movie if yeah if not more characters but i feel like at least those two are are goners yeah like permanently gone not just like snapped away into the soul stone no 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 um yeah uh i'm guessing gamora comes back at some point um oh yeah uh speaking of marvel uh two rumors i heard last night that Ooh. yeah like very fresh rumors and and when i say last night i mean like three or four o'clock in the morning so very fresh um not even 12 hours ago no exactly um two rumored movies in the works at marvel uh the first one being avengers versus x-men yes which makes me think wouldn't it be House of M. wouldn't it be great if they did the same thing they did with okay so avengers they they did the avengers movies and led up to Infinity War Endgame and basically adapting Infinity Gauntlet and they managed to squeeze Civil War in right in the middle. So what if they did an X-Men movie, uh, put Avengers vs. X-Men right in the middle and led up to Secret Wars? That'd be nuts. Right? I want that now. Like... You'd be missing a few characters or whatever, but you could bring in She-Hulk, Spider-Woman. Uh, you could yep. you could have fucking Doctor Doom and Galactus and Kang as villains. Oh man! Oh my God, Kang on live screen! Like, oh my God! I mean, we've had fucking Dormammu. Why can't we have Kang? Right. And uh, uh I mean, we're getting fucking uh, a Modok TV series apparently, or right. which I still don't understand how that's gonna play out i'm so excited for this uh i'll check it out but we've never talked about that on the on the show did we the uh the four animated series or animated adult cartoons that marvel's working on uh what was it howard the duck modok and i forget the other two because those two were the most exciting ones yeah i can't remember what the others were yeah but Kevin Smith is working on the Howard the Duck show, and Patton Oswalt is working on Modoc apparently. So, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, right. I like some of the stuff that Marvel's working on, and not to mention, uh, my God, we're just—I'm just, just kind of like blasting through all this Marvel stuff that I forgot to even write my notes. Um, did you hear about the Eternals casting? Nope. So, uh. Marvel is apparently working on uh, an adaptation of the Eternals and for the lead character whose name I forget uh, apparently they're going to try and introduce the first uh, gay Marvel superhero and they're openly like casting an actual homosexual actor. Oh wow! Yeah, that's apparently what the word is that they're they're casting, and I like as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, Matt Bomer is perfect. Yeah, do it. Like he, the dude looks like a superhero. He's built like a superhero. 
he can like I mean I haven't seen him in a fight scene, but he can dance and obviously he has choreography skills. Uh, so yeah, like it's I mean, dancing in a movie and fighting in a movie are basically the same thing essentially. One has one has slightly less pelvic thrusting. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, Matt Matt Bomer would be fucking awesome. As he would be whatever this character is. I'm not very familiar with the Eternals. Um, Colton Haynes would be a good one too. Colton Haynes, yeah, that's a good pick too. I don't know if he fits the bill as a as whatever this hero is, but Zachary Quinto comes to mind. Yeah, he's a fucking solid actor. But Matt Bomer's definitely my first choice there. And if they skip out on Matt Bomer for this, then fucking cast him as Iceman in your X-Men movie. Yeah. That would be a good casting, too. Yeah. Matt Bomer as Bobby Drake. Man. Yeah. Shit. I like that. I'm throwing out as much casting in this episode as possible to hopefully get more right in the future. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? I cast everyone as everything. And you can't be wrong, right? <laughs> exactly. Um... Yeah, I think that's probably about it for Marvel. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Like, th- there's so much going on with Marvel. Do you have anything else here in terms of casting or? I mean, we've talked about Fantastic Four quite a bit. Um, there's one other movie that I want to talk a little bit about casting, okay. but I feel like we're gonna get to that. Shortly. Oh, oh yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I got three more movies yeah. here listed just to talk about in general. Uh, let's just I'll just go with the order I got listed here. Uh, so the new Ghostbusters movie. How excited are you for this shit? Very same. Very excited. Um, and you know what? I got a slight tangent rant here. Uh, okay, so. I don't like to rant um, against the politically correct, the the uh, I guess the the feminist side because I I mean I'm generally strongly on that side, but yeah. there's been a thing going on lately with the Ghostbusters that pissed me off a little bit because uh, it was kind of a jumping of the gun. And um, a great like like see my thing is generally in these arguments I feel like um, I don't even know the, I feel like the the more liberal feminist side is the side that's doing the research actually doing the reading putting the work in and has a more well informed argument but with this Ghostbuster shit they're not at all. Um, so, yeah. so I saw some articles recently and I'm sure a lot of people listening have seen them as well, quoting the, um, the new Ghostbusters director, Jason Reitman, as saying that he's bringing the franchise back to the fans, which yeah. basically sounds like, fuck the female reboot, we're going back to the good stuff. Which, on its own, yeah, that sounds shitty. That sounds awful. Fuck that. But that's not exactly what he said. Uh, 
he was on a podcast. I forget the name of the podcast off the top of my head. Um, but you can read the quotes. You can go listen to the podcast. What he's saying is that he's bringing it back to the original movie. He's saying that nothing since that original movie has quite lived up to it. And that includes the sequel with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. Which I fully agree with. I feel like the franchise is one amazing movie and then some other pretty good stuff. Yep. That's basically what it is. Um, well, it's, it's kind of like what happened with Halloween. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Halloween movie we just got yeah. ignored every Halloween movie past the first one, and there were some pretty good movies in there. Yeah. But really, the first one was the most iconic. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, one thing I, I really want to point out to anyone who might be, I don't know, getting their back up about what I'm saying here, is straight up in the interview, he clarifies, he says, now I don't want to sound like I'm ragging on the 2016 Ghostbusters. Uh, I forget the exact quote he says, but he praises the movie. He, he says, you know, the the cast and crew, uh, Kate McKinnon, Kristen Wiig, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, they did an amazing job, and it's no slight to them. He He literally goes out of his way to make sure he says, like, you know, I'm not tearing this movie apart. I'm not even saying that they did anything wrong. I'm just taking it back to what the franchise originally was in that first movie. And I don't yeah. see anything wrong with that. I don't know why everyone is, like, absolutely jumping on the guy. I don't know. It, and it's one of those things where that one quote of taking it back to the fans, which uh, I, I will admit, like, that quote on its own rubs me the wrong way because fans these days don't really fucking deserve anything. They're spoiled little shits. Um, yeah. But it's not It's not what it sounds like. I really recommend you go do a bit of research on this one. Jason Reitman is not a bad person. Uh, he's And I mean, you look at his movies, he has a history of creating solid movies with strong female protagonists like Juno and young adult, and Tully, uh, like, he's a good guy, he's not one of the people that we should be attacking, and I mean, knowing my luck, you know, next week some fucking sexual assault scandal will come out about Jason Reitman, and I'll be eating my own words, but, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> hopefully not, as far as I can tell, because I don't know him personally, Jace Reitman seems like a decent enough guy, and we should give him a chance with this Ghostbusters movie. And I could be mistaken in this, but isn't there going to be at least one female in this Ghostbusters lineup? Half and half. It, there you go. It's it's, uh, it's an all-kid cast, like teenager to uh, preteen, and it's going to be two boys, two girls. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, did you hear about the casting on this movie? I did not. They have casted, uh, specifically an actor that I was going to say on this episode, I hope they don't cast. Uh, Finn Wolfhard is casted in the movie. Wow. Now, I, not that I, I dislike Finn Wolfhard, I, uh, I just feel like between It and Stranger Things, 
either he could start to get typecasted or the movie could maybe seem a little bit too similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, when the casting was announced, Jason Reitman also said in the in the announcement that uh, he was not planning on casting Finn Wolfhard for that exact reason because he didn't want it to seem too similar. And uh, apparently the audition just blew him away. So, so Finn Wolfhard is in. Um, now the question is, do you have any other kids that you would like to see in this movie? Um, one second, I have to Google a name. Okay. Um, in the meantime... I have I I will say uh, there was there was an actor I had uh, that I wanted in the movie that I'll, I'll I'm gonna cut out now just because Finn Wolfhard kind of does the job instead uh, Jack Dylan Grazer from It and Shazam okay he played uh, Eddie and It yep he was funny as shit he stole the movie and I thought he would be a good choice for uh, if they're going with the comedic style of the original Ghostbusters which was a lot of improv and riffing then uh, I feel like he would have been a good choice but I think Finn Wolfhard will do just as good you got that actor there? Aiden Gallagher Aiden Gallagher Aiden Gallagher. that's familiar, why do I know that name? because he just played uh, 5 in yes. Umbrella Academy yes, holy shit uh, that kid is fucking incredible yeah, uh, I was I was really blown away with his performance in Umbrella Academy. Like, um, I guess it's not a spoiler to say because you find it very early on that he is a fifty-something-year-old man trapped in his twelve-year-old body. Yep. And the fact that this kid pulls off that so well and so believably that you forget his age is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a solid pick. Um, my other choices, if I, if we're going if we're doing a rounded out four here, uh, two boys, two girls, and we already got Finn Wolfhard, I'm gonna go with uh Julian Dennison from Deadpool two. Okay. That kid's fucking hilarious. Um, and I think you could play off him pretty well. Um, McKenna Grace from The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, very solid young female actor and I think a a good uh, slightly older than the rest of the kids um, I think Zendaya would work really well in there okay she's she's still fairly young I think she's uh, just young enough to pull it off as maybe the sort of oldest kid designated leader yeah that's uh that's my thoughts on on who should be in this movie. I really hope they bring back uh, at least Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson. I really hope they don't. Uh, and I really hope that they. I I hope that uh, maybe Jason Reitman will reach out to someone from the 2016 female Ghostbusters. And just be like, hey, do you want to cameo in this um, as as a, a nice nod to that movie? Yeah, I think that would I think that would go over well. 
especially Leslie Jones, because she went through a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, but then again, I don't know if she'd want any part of this franchise after that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, she's had some harsh words for this project already. Yeah, she wasn't fussed. But I, I really hope that maybe maybe they can mend that relationship a little bit. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I really I really would. And maybe maybe if if they sat down and and talked it over and she got a better feel of what he's going for here, then maybe, you know. Um I don't know. I I, I really I I would like to see this done in a way that isn't a slap in the face to the 2016 Ghostbusters. I want to see all parties walk away happy. Exactly. I, I, I hope this can be good for everybody. And maybe bring some much-needed positivity to the Ghostbusters franchise. Yeah, um, for sure. The next one I want to talk about very briefly. I don't have a whole lot to say here. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. I know nothing about this movie. All I know is that uh, Lando is coming back. Billy D. Williams is in this apparently, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but my question is, like, do you have any thoughts on the title? Which on is what they could call this movie? Oh, they don't have a title. There's no, there's no announced title yet. See, that all depends on what the plot would be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring here for a title. But I will admit that this is uh, sort of lifted from a, another podcaster. I believe his name is Neil Miller from uh, Storm of Spoilers podcast. It's mostly a Game of Thrones podcast. Um, he broke down on Twitter. It's really interesting. He broke down the the grammar patterns in every title of the Star Wars movies so far and how it, it always kind of line, lines up in the trilogies and based on return of the Jedi revenge of the Sith uh, he said that maybe it's rise of the something yeah which makes sense and thinking about like you know what there is left to to rise perhaps in this uh, story I'm thinking like my guess is rise of the resistance yeah. I was going to say Rebellion, but Resistance works too. Resistance is what they've been using in in the the new trilogy. Rise of the Re- Rebellion I think is a cooler title, but I don't know if the, and maybe they'll maybe they'll they'll start current start uh my god. Start calling it the Rebellion again, which would be cool. I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that in there for the hell of it. One thing I really want to see in a new Star Wars movie is I want to see fucking Nine Numb. Where's Nine Numb at, y'all? I want more Darth Maul. Yes, yes. With his robot legs. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. Hmm. Maybe that's Rise of the... (laughs) Rise of the... Rise of the robot legs. Yep. That's the... Rise of the robots. (laughs) Uh... Okay, 
Uh, I'm guessing the one movie left is the one you want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) You mean Star Wars and Ghostbusters weren't the movie I wanted to talk about? No. Who am I? I mean, a very geeky podcast where we talk about sci-fi and superheroes. Um, And it's not Batman or Spider-Man or Ghostbusters or Star Wars we want to talk about. It's the Hulk Hogan biopic. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is what you're looking forward to, right? This oh is... God, yes. Okay, so recently announced um, that Todd Phillips, the creator of the Hangover trilogy and the upcoming Joker movie, is going to be making a Hulk Hogan biopic starring Chris Hemsworth. Yep. And if this isn't just an opportunity to fan cast your fucking heart out. <laughs> For every known wrestler in existence, then I don't know what is. Um, how many characters did you cast? I cast... Um, three or four. I've got a dozen. Uh, I can't wait to hear... You go first, and if you name a character that I've also cast, I'll just chime in. Okay, okay. Fuck, I don't even know where to start. They just kept coming. I just couldn't stop. Um... See, I looked at some of the more iconic wrestlers from that era, and I also looked at a list of what what culture called the 10 most iconic matches of Hulk Hogan's career. Yeah, I checked out that list too. And so I tried to cast some of those characters. I cast it in a lot of different ways. Like, um, oh man. Sometimes based on his life, sometimes based on his matches. Um, some people I just think should end up in here. Like, I feel like they almost want to do this movie like Bohemian Rhapsody, in that it's the dramatic story of Hulk Hogan's life highlighted by recreations of matches. Yeah. In the same way that Bohemian Rhapsody did that with musical numbers. So, like, some of these actors might be big-name actors, but they'd only appear in the movie for, like, a couple minutes in a match. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, I don't know. Um, I will note beforehand, I really hope that they don't uh, candy-coat this, because Hulk Hogan is kind of a piece of shit. Um and I really hope that they don't gloss over that, which I, I do feel like they probably will, though. Yeah, I mean, the dude's still alive, and if they make a movie that makes him look like a complete fucking piece of shit more than his mouth already did, yeah. he's probably going to sue the shit out of them. Yeah, I think he's involved in this somehow. But, yeah. like, I feel like they have to at least acknowledge the Gawker stuff at some point in the movie. You can't you can't skip it. Yeah. Unless they just, like, you know, end it on some big WrestleMania moment or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so actual wrestlers that I think should be in this movie. Um, I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'd like to see him play Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that would be interesting. And, I like, I've seen him bulk up for so many movies. Can he bulk down? Can <laughs> To play his <laughs> former he- self? Can he do that? I want to see if that's possible. Uh, although technically he was pretty beefed up when he uh, when he fought Hogan. Yeah. 
Is fought the word because they're not really fighting. <laughs> when he when he wrestled, yeah, when he wrestled. Okay, um, but more importantly, John Cena should have a part in this movie. I was thinking that too. Okay, do you have him cast as somebody? I I do. I wonder if we got the same person here. I I think John Cena should play the Ultimate Warrior. Yup. Fuck yeah! Right. Yep. He's got he's got the same build. He is comedic enough to pull off the insanity of the Ultimate Warrior. Plus, you uh, give him the face paint and the long hair, and people wouldn't be like, "Why is John Cena fighting Hulk Hogan?" Exactly, right? Like, you yeah. need something that like, if you're gonna cast a current, if you're gonna cast a wrestler to play a different wrestler, yeah then you've got to do something that makes them look far enough away from themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let me see. I don't even know what order to do this shit in. Um, I'm guessing we both c- tried to cast Andre the Giant. I tried to, and I couldn't think of anyone that I liked. I've got two picks, depending on the budget. Um if they man- if they have to go small budget and actually cast someone to play him, I think the best option is uh, Robert Maillet, uh from oh my God three hundred Sherlock Holmes. Uh, he he wrestled back in the nineties as Kurgan, and then he moved into acting, and he basically just plays like the yep. big guy in the room, right? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really look that much like Andre, but. He can act, he can wrestle, he's big. It's kind of the only option I can think of. You're going to be hard-pressed hard to find someone that size who looks like Andre without, like, who can act without having to do some kind of prosthetics or CGI. Yeah. Um, if they have the budget for it and they can motion capture, I think Javier Bardem would fucking nail it. Oh my god, yes. He kind of has some of the facial features. He's an amazing actor. Yeah. It's weird to say that he has similar facial features because Javier Bardem is a handsome man and Andre was a little rough looking. Um, but I don't know. There's some. There's something going on there where he could do it if they yep. have the budget. Yep. Um, which doubly so because Javier is not a cheap actor to get. No. Um, so yeah, those are... Those are my picks for Andre, if that's a thing. Uh, let me see. Some more of the classic wrestlers here. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage obviously should be in this movie. Yep. Uh, did you cast anybody here? I was trying to, but I didn't nail anyone down. Man, I've got one here, and it's an actor you're a fan of, and I think you're going to love this one. Uh, Joe Manganiello. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin as Randy Savage. Yep. Fuck. Oh, that's an idea. Hmm. I could. I could almost see that. Yep. I really want to hear Joe Manganiello, uh, say, "Ooh yeah." I was thinking step into a slim gym, but yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we got Ric Flair. I figure was a big one that should probably show up at some point. Yep. Um, and I like Wyatt Russell for him. 
Wyatt Russell would be good. I said Liam Hemsworth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm like I like Wyatt Russell a little bit, but I'm not totally sold on that casting. He's a little on the like he's a little skinny. Uh, he's a little young looking to play Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's just me being used to seeing old Ric Flair too. Yeah, I I had to look up pictures of young Ric Flair like around the time he was uh, facing Hogan. Yeah. And I think it would be cool to have like cuz some of like in this top 10 of Hogan's most iconic matches, three of them were Ric Flair. Yeah. And so I think like if you're going to have one of his most iconic matches, being like this big slugfest then I think it'd be cool to have like the two Hemsworth brothers just going at each other yeah for sure uh, when I looked up a picture of young Ric Flair I immediately thought man he looked a lot like Army Hammer but I can't cast Army Hammer in every fucking movie we talk about no um, <laughs> But, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with it either. Um, I just can't get over his fucking name, Army Hammer. I know. He sounds like fucking baking soda, right? Right. Um, <laughs> um, another one, and this is a super weird choice for a wrestling movie, but seriously, just look up how much this guy looks like him. So, Brutus Beefcake apparently uh, was a big part of Hogan, uh, his career, and they had... Uh, they had a pretty good friendship. Yeah, um, he even had Brutus as one of the coaches on Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Wrestling. Okay. Did you ever see that show? No, I did not. Um, I watched a bit of it. Like, Dustin Diamond was on there, and Butterbean was on there, and... Okay. Like, me and my sister used to watch it on Saturday afternoons. <laughs> so, Brutus Beefcake was one of the two coaches there. Like, they took a bunch of celebrities, split them up into two camps, and basically, like, taught them how to be wrestlers and gave them a character, and they would script matches and help them come up with a signature move and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was Brutus Beefcake, and I can't remember who the other guy was. Hmm. I'll try and find it. Okay. While Um, you're talking about it. Uh... Can I just say, like, I don't know how they're going to fit this whole story into a movie. Because Hogan is, he has a lot. Like, like, will Mr. Nanny manage to show up at some point? Oh my god. Or a fucking suburban commando? Like, how deep into this are they going to get? Or three ninjas? Three ninjas, what is it? Um, something, something mountain, uh, it was the third one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I want to see some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, Brutus Beefcake, I think, should be played by Tim Heidecker from uh, Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job. He's a comedian. Yeah. But seriously, just look up how much this guy looks like Brutus Beefcake. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, I can absolutely see it. And uh, I feel like he's got the the charisma to play someone like Beefcake. 
who wasn't like a super ripped guy or anything. Um, he's gonna have to tone tone up a little bit for it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was fun. Um, speaking of movies, um, like Suburban Commando and Three Ninjas and so on, I feel like there's one very particular iconic one that needs to be featured in this movie, uh, and that will be Rocky Three. Because that kind of helped launch the Hulkamania craze, right? Yep. So, I have casted as Sylvester Stallone, uh, John Bernthal. Hmm. A.K.A. the Punisher. Yeah. Not like, not an uh, identical look or anything, but I really like, I feel like he could, he could pull off the, um, the, the Sylvester Stallone vibe, you know? Yeah, Brian Nobbs was the other guy I was thinking of. Okay, Brian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see who else I got here. Um. Oh yeah, another uh fairly important um celebrity that would need to be casted in in this movie, Mr. T. Yeah, I think Winston Duke from Black Panther should play Mr. T. That's cool casting. You know who else? could be in it the big boss man oh man uh who would you get david harbour yes oh fuck yes david harbour is big boss man i'm all about that yeah that's a good one um also for mr t my first choice is still jordan peele because i recently finished uh watching every episode of key and peele and there is a a skit where Jordan Peele does a full-on Mr. T, and it is perfect. Um, I don't know how well he could pull off the wrestling side of it, but it would be fun to see him revisit that character. Um, let's see. Um, a very obvious one here, and someone who's actually a producer on this movie. Um, I feel like it just makes sense. Bradley Cooper as Vince McMahon. Yep. And Bradley Cooper has actually said in the past he would love to play Vince McMahon in a movie. So he's a producer on this movie. He's worked with Todd Phillips a handful of times. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. Say we're, say we're going to cast the main guys from The Hangover Yeah. Oh. in this movie. Who would Zach Galifianakis play? And who would Ed Helms play? And would you cast Justin Bartha? Uh, Ed Helms immediately. I, I think uh, of uh, remember that guy IRS. <laughs> remember that? Remember that? Like he he walked out with a briefcase and he was. Remember him? I think. Um, oh my god! I gotta find his name. Justin Bartha. I'm not sure at all. Um. I don't know, but Zach Galifianakis. There's not a lot of guys with that build. In in I think I, don't know. I think that um, Ed Helms yep. or Justin Bartha could be Jimmy Hart, the mouth from the south. Oh, nice! I actually casted Jimmy Hart as someone else. And I think um, Zach Galifianakis. Would be good yep. as like, doink the clown, but have him in <laughs> yeah. makeup and just have him just like walk by and just like 
not do anything yeah. to distinguish like that that's Zach Galifianakis okay, and yeah. just have like people's minds be blown that this random clown that's in the movie for like three seconds at one point backstage yeah I think that'd be cool yeah and maybe just get Justin Bartha as like a referee or something well you mentioned Jimmy Hurt so I'm gonna throw in my uh, my casting there uh, I'd like to see Mark Marin as Jimmy Hurt. That would be good too. He kind of looks like him. Yep. And and I mean, he's got the actually that was why I threw him in there. I feel like it would be cool to throw in some actors from Glow. Yeah. Uh the other one I really like is I like the idea of Allison Brie as Miss Elizabeth. Nice. I think she kind of like has that look. Uh let me see. I got three more here. Um I didn't really save the best ones for last, though. <laughs> um, I just kind of went. I just kind of went on a tear there. Um, well, obviously, you're doing the life of Hulk Hogan. You got to cast his wife, Linda Hogan. Um, and it's an oddball choice, but I like Anna Ferris here. Hmm. A little bit. I feel like she doesn't get the chance to act uh, seriously enough, and I'd like to see that. If you look at a younger Linda Hogan, I could see Anna Faris. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, that's what I was looking at. I could, I could kind of see it, right? These days, she looks. Oh. Yeah, she. Yeah. Like Jennifer <laughs> yeah. Coolidge could play her. Jennifer Coolidge, yeah. Or Jennifer Tilly, but like, even then, like, she looks more like yeah. Donatella Versace these days. Jesus Christ. Um, so a guy I really wanted to get in this movie in some manner and as soon as the casting came to me I I loved it Uh, I think David Arquette should show up here oh my god right and I want him to play Eric Bischoff nice Monday Night Wars man you gotta include the WCW at some point right and if you look up uh, David Arquette these days, he kind of looks like Eric Bischoff a little bit. Like, like I think he would nail it. Nice. Um, ha- do you have any more there? No, that's all I got. Okay, I got one more, and I feel like this was a pretty decent one uh, to end on. Uh, another iconic match of uh, Hogan's that I saw was Roddy Piper. Um, and I mean, Roddy Roddy Piper was such a big part of that era. Um, and I was kind of struggling to find someone who could pull him off. And then I landed on Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. It's from Game Night and uh, Breaking Bad and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, right? I only saw that dude in Game Night. Like, that's what the only thing I really know him from. And I thought he was fantastic in that movie. I've, I've seen him in a few things now. He's, he's a very talented actor. And I feel like he kind of has the look for Roddy Piper. And he could bring something to that. Uh, I also just realized that we've spent the last little while talking specifically about actors and wrestling and we 
there's probably a good portion of the listeners who have no fucking idea about what we're talking about, but whatever. We're, we're getting self-indulgent on this episode today. Yep. Yep. Like I said, we're, it's time to nerd out with your bird out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make that a thing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's all the casting I got for this Hulk Hogan movie. Um, what do you think they should call the movie? Huh. Thunderlips. What? Thunderlips? Yep. <laughs> I was going to say Suburban Commando, the untold story. <laughs> uh, whatever. That's two solid options, so, you know. It'll it'll probably be something along the lines of, like, Hulkamania. Yeah. I feel like they're probably going to take, like, I'm trying to think of a quote or a catchphrase. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? When Hulkamania runs wild on you. What was that original uh, entrance music? That that would be a decent title. Like what? Real like, American? Oh fuck! That'd be a terrible title. God yeah. Damn. Um, he had a different one though. Damn! 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 It was like down. something brother or something. Uh, fuck! I don't remember now. Uh, I'm I'm googling it. Um, real American? No, that's terrible. Uh. I have the tiger. No, fuck. I thought there was another one. American Maid? God damn, it's so American. Ugh. Voodoo Child? No. Okay, I'm wrong. That's is what it comes down to. I'm wrong, and none of those are good options. Fuck that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think we've said quite enough on this Hulk Hogan movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> a very large portion of the episode talking about a Hulk Hogan movie. A Hulk Hogan biopic. <laughs> uh, God damn. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do here. We lull you into a false sense of security thinking, oh, they're going to talk about superheroes again. And then we say, fuck you. We're going to talk about a racist professional wrestler. <laughs> Uh, steroids the musical <laughs> <laughs> yes okay that's the one steroids the musical oh that's perfect uh, so I guess that's it for another episode of Jedi Dropouts <laughs> yep I'm amazed this is the third episode in a row that has been on time like that's a record right <laughs> I think so I think- it's it's up there, we've we've uh, we've slacked in the past, uh, but we're we're keeping up. We're doing all right. Um, I want to quickly mention a couple things before we end this. Uh, uh, we are doing a March gaming challenge on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can check that out. We posted the original picture, uh, which was created by Martha May UK. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at Martha May UK or on Twitch. She's a streamer. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Martha May UK. Um, and it's basically just like every day for the month of March, there's a different uh, video game related thing that we'll be posting. Um, so far it's been like favorite game favorite gaming genre and 
So it's me, you, and Mitchell's uh, picks for every day of March. Just something fun and distracting and yeah, uh, to create a, a little bit of a conversation on social media. And we've got, been getting some good feedback. Like People are actually hopping on there and, and chatting about their own thoughts and picks, which is the whole point of it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, our listener question for the episode which we'll be posting uh, when this episode goes up. Uh, we want to know what your favorite video game of all time is. And I really think that we're going to get some good feedback on this one. I think we're going to actually get people uh, giving more of their thoughts on that. Hopefully. I hope so. Yeah. I like getting a lot of feedback. Same. Um... And we already talked about the the merch store, but uh, what was that link again? tpublic.com slash Jedi Dropouts Productions. Yeah. I got Head it right this time. Yeah, fuck yeah. Second time's the charm. Uh, hop on over there and uh, check out some merch. You want to want to wear our logo on your chest or uh where else on your phone we've got we've got want to wear we've got mugs both uh coffee mugs and travel mugs we've got tees tanks baseball shirts crew necks hoodies we've got stickers wall art we've got yeah. notebooks We've got phone cases. Yeah. And so far, the store has been up for, I think, two, three days. And we have sold nine items. It's not bad. No, I'm, I'm like, it doesn't sound like a lot to some people, but for a hobby podcast based in Western Newfoundland. Yeah. Like nine items in the first couple days I'm very happy with yeah we're, I mean we're pretty niche yeah um, you know we don't have a huge following or anything yeah. this is just for a bit of fun it's not we're not trying to make money at this we're not trying to uh, you know I don't expect to become uh, famous no I mean I expect to become like infamous like like uh, Scott Bale level of famous where it's like kind of famous but not really uh, yeah I don't know it's just for a bit of fun and I'm excited uh, I ordered some merch so I'm, I'm really excited to see it and proudly wear my podcast on my shirt and then well which I mean I already have one shirt yeah I, I'm gonna maybe get one of the baseball tees myself I kind of thought so that's very much your style yeah I, I love baseball tees and um, I might also get a tank top to wear to the gym. I was considering a tank. I, uh, I like tanks when the summer comes on. I'll get a tank for the gym, and I will get a baseball tee for just, like, out in a boot. But Out in a boot? Um, another thing that I have in the works right now, actually, is another collab I'm going to be doing with uh, Nacho and Dog. Uh, Adrian messaged me because we've been going to a local bar 
here that opened semi-recently called Retro because they have yep. arcade games, pinball machines, and such. Adrian and I have been going in when he's home from work because he works away, and we've been trying to go in and see how many high scores we can set. And so we've been talking to the owners, and potentially later this month, it's not concrete yet, but potentially later this month, Adrian and I will be streaming live from Retro for six hours-ish. Nice. So it looks like we're going to be doing a bit of uh, co-op in Rocket League, maybe, and then we'll be taking turns with one of us streaming on the big projector screen and the other one streaming on a smaller television and going back and forth. So I'm not sure what Adrian will be playing aside from Rocket League, but I'm going to maybe play some Link to the Past randomized, maybe some of the Resident Evil 2 remake, and I've also been on a bit of a Mega Man X8 kick lately. I picked nice. that game up again, yeah. so I might play a little bit of that. Good stuff. Uh, play some things I can show off a few tricks in. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if that happens and when it does, uh, you can check us out on social media and we'll be posting about it there. And I will definitely be sharing the information on the Jedi Dropouts Facebook page. And we'll try to tweet about it and post on Instagram and wherever you may follow us. Yeah. And I guess that brings us right to uh, the the ending here. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Um, we really do appreciate everyone who ever tunes into this. So much. I mean, realistically, this is just me and you catching up every couple weeks. Yep. And we just happen to record it. Um, yeah and uh, the fact that anyone really gives a shit enough to hear what we have to say is pretty fucking cool it's really flattering it really is yeah um, I really don't even give a shit what I have to say sometimes um, no that's not true I, I care more than anybody what I have to say uh, some some of the people who follow our podcast listen to what I have to say more than my fiance does Oh, I can guarantee you, I I can promise you, um, the people who listen to this care more than my wife does <laughs> about this shit. And and the funny thing is, like, I, I'm gonna go on a tangent here. Uh, Charlotte does not listen to the podcast, uh, and that is no slight. Um, I don't blame her because she has heard it already. Yeah. Everything that I talk about in this podcast, I am constantly running by her. I'm like. Hey, do you think this is funny? Oh, should I talk about this? What, what do you think about this point? I'm like, <laughs> I, I, like, by the time recording comes or the episode comes out, she's fucking heard everything I have to say anyway. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and, and to quote uh, Kevin Smith in, in one of my favorite Kevin Smith quotes ever, um, he talks about how his wife doesn't listen to his podcast and, uh, she says, Kevin, if I wanted to hear you ramble about the Flash, I would look to my left. Uh, and that sums it up, right? Yep. Uh, but no, uh, Charlotte's very supportive and I love her to death. Anyway, 
rambling aside, uh, we gotta take off. I gotta go wake that dog up before she sleeps away the day and fucking is up all night. Um, so thanks again, and we really mean it. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can always check out other episodes of Jedi Dropouts and Final Form. Uh, new episode of Final Form is not recorded yet, but should be up before this episode. Um, it's an episode on One Piece, which is going to be a lot of fun to record when that happens. Um, it's weird to speak in both future tense and past tense about the same thing. Well, I mean, you're taking it back to your love of time travel. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Time travel. Yeah. Wow, I'm kind of time traveling right now. You are the time traveler's wife. I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good movie. <laughs> Starring Eric Bana. That all comes full circle. Boom. We definitely tried <laughs> yeah. that. We we peaked. It's not getting better. No. So yeah, uh, I am suggesting that you go listen to a past episode that has been released, although it hasn't been recorded yet. And I feel very fucking cool for saying that. Um <laughs> But go check out other episodes of Jedi Dropouts Final Form and everything else we do over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, until next time, thanks for dropping by. Something something. Drop out. Later. Peace. This has been a Jedi Dropouts production.